0: Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four,
1: three, two, one.
0: Live from New York City, it's The Erica Finn Show. And your host, who gets up close and personal with celebrities
1: from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. We are in the Neil Simon Theater, literally in the theater. You'll be able to hear in the background they're setting up for tonight's performance of Cats. And I'm sitting here with Georgina Paz Pazkogen, very close. Pazkogen. Oh, my very God. Close. And we even discussed it before. Very close. <laughs> who is currently starring as the white cat Victoria in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats on Broadway. Welcome to the show. It's great to meet you. Thank you for having
0: me. I'm really excited. Yeah, and you're
1: of course a ballerina. Yes. Um by training. But let's go back a little bit cuz you were born in I've never even heard of this town, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's, it's a okay. small little town. It's
0: very small. <laughs> I think last time I checked the population is like 60,000. Wow. We're kind of like the pit stop between like State College, which has Penn State University, and like Pittsburgh, so okay, like right smack dab in the middle of Pennsylvania. Like, how
1: many people in your high school? Um, in my high
0: school mm-hmm. class, well, I also went to a Catholic school, so that mm-hmm. narrows it down a bit. Okay. I want to say maybe like two hundred people. Okay, okay. okay, so not so small. In my small. eighth grade class, there were nine people.
1: Nine people? Yeah, no way. <laughs> She's not and kidding. do you know what's going on with all nine of them? Um, yeah, we do
0: keep <laughs> in touch via Facebook. Yeah, um, yeah. Everyone's, you know, everyone's got like kids and married and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. <laughs> and I'm playing a cat. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm sure they'd rather be you. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I was going to ask you about your childhood, but you—I know one thing about your childhood. At age four, you started dancing, yes. which is just it's crazy young. Now, did you have an interest? Did your parents introduce it um, to you?
0: Well, I—I'm one of six children. Okay. So, what number are you? I am the eldest of the last three. So okay. So that's another way of saying I'm the middle child, which explains why I do this—attention <laughs> seeker. <laughs> um, so I, my, you know. I'm closest with... The, well, I'm with all my siblings, mm-hmm. but um, the last three were really close in age, so we'd always put on these little productions after dinner. We'd go into, like, the living room and make a little skit and perform and have all the adults come in. And, um, and then I was into... I think my... I was into movement, and then I started, you know, doing my own productions of Nutcracker, and making mm. my brother play, brother and sister play all the parts. Oh, really? I'll, like, all like, they would play Marie and make them Marie, and I, but of course, I'd have to be the Mouse King. Uh-huh. I have to do Sugar Plum. <laughs> so I think they were like, "Yeah, let's put her in dance class." Mm-hmm. And um, I did a bunch of other things, and dance seemed to to stick. And, and I really loved the performing aspect of
1: it, you yeah, know? It's it. like I took dances at child, and I remember like I was in a multitude of, usually they encourage you to try it, like jazz tap all that did right. you focus I immediately did. on ballet or did no, you No, i did like the whole i did a bunch
0: of, of a bunch of different things i grew up with jazz and tap um primarily ballet but then um as we grew older we had lots of great teachers come in so i had nice exposure to everything not so much musical theater though musical theater came much later mm-hmm. in life for me um but yes i was i was trained in a lot of a lot of different areas of dance, and I loved it all. And I, I think my parents knew from the first time they saw me on stage that that was where I mm-hmm. lit up, mm-hmm. um, and it was something that I, from you know my earliest memories of performing, is that's what I would go to class for. Class was the boring part at yep. that point. Now it's the part that I love. Mm-hmm. But um, I knew that I had to get do go do the classes, do the rehearsals to get to the fun part, which was the performance.
1: And what was it about ballet in particular that you were drawn to? Um, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I
0: didn't know that when I'm. So that stereotype
1: I like, it, is true. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. <laughs> I've I'm, seen Black Swan. <laughs> like, I love the
0: fact that ballet is something that I'm never going to conquer. Mm-hmm. And there's going to always be something that I can work towards. And I think performing in general, being an artist in general, mm-hmm. is, is, is something that you can always strive towards. And it's, a, you know, it can be a, a dangerous sort of, um, like, goal to have if you don't want to be crazy about it. You need to have a realistic goal. But to have this sort of like unattainable, ethereal um, perfection, mm-hmm. you know, that's n- it's never gonna be, but you can always strive for it. And it keeps you moving through however many years of dancing now that I've been doing professionally, what, fifteen now? Which yeah, is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Make yeah. me feel old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like when, as a child and you when you were, you know, training to become a ballerina what, seven days a week, six days a week? Um well, you know it
0: progressively builds mm-hmm. i think when i first started it must have been like maybe three times a week and by the time i was leaving home mm-hmm. and i was in that pre-professional if you mm-hmm. will we did every day after school so and from like four thirty to 9 mm-hmm. every night and i remember saturdays being most all day saturday and like until least four on sunday um so it was, it's it took a lot of time especially going through you know middle school and um, like ninth and tenth grade of high school, you know, I didn't have the sort of normal experience of those years in mm-hmm. school because a lot of, you know, a lot of the football games that I would be going to, I would be at ballet
1: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
0: those nights. So, but I mean, obviously it paid off the dedication and the drive. And I think there are lessons in life learned through that process of applying oneself and being and the discipline learned in that that I use in other other facets of my life and i
1: you know draw upon that as a child like when you once you knew you wanted to become a ballerina like what was the ultimate goal for you i'm sure you never pictured yourself in an andrew lloyd rubber music i never in a
0: million years it's just so exciting so exciting i well i mean i i'm a sagittarius so i it's hard to pin me down as to like what i want tonight for dinner after the show so (laughs) i I'm kind of... I knew I wanted to be a ballerina when um, our school, Allegheny Ballet, took a bus trip up to New York, and we actually went to Rockefeller Center. And we saw San Francisco Ballet perform um, an evening of works, and one of the works was Jerome Robbins' The Cage. Mm -hmm. And I was immediately drawn in, and I remember watching Lucia LaCara play the novice, which is, you know, this woman. And The Cage is kind of a dark valley and uh, dark valley for a 12 year old to really just be like drawn to. It's about, you know, in, in brief summary, it's about these women who are bugs and they end up, you know, they, you know, they take control over them. You know, they kind of kill a few man bugs <laughs> and it's, it's intense, but like the beauty of it and the, um, just the raw nature of it, the fact that these like, beautiful ballerinas were becoming these creatures, I was really drawn to that. I was really drawn to the atmosphere on stage, the theatricality of it all, which makes sense now that I've
1: kind of taken this turn into, sure, into Broadway, and, and into with Broadway. One the Town being the first role as yeah. Ivy Smith.
0: So it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting, and that's when I really was like, yeah,
1: I need to do this with my life. Mm-hmm. And so you came to New York, and you attended the School of American Ballet. I did. So I attended the School of American Ballet summer course
0: for three years. The first year, I, you know, out to yeah. a small town. New York was too much for me. I wanted to go home. They asked me to stay for a full scholarship for the winter term. I was like, no, no thanks. <laughs> Second year, my mom wouldn't let me stay. <laughs> <laughs> In the third year, um, we decided um, I would finish my last year of high school at professional children's school. And I'd study for the winter term. And um, that was kind of an interesting year because it happened to be literally the day I'm, after I moved up here, it was 9-11. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was a, there's a whole huge long story about that and now my attachment to this city. Um, but that year was, it was a wonderful year in the school. And from the School of American Ballet is where Balanchine used to pick his apprentices for the company. And 99% of the dancers who dance in New York City Ballet are chosen from the School of American Ballet. So it's a direct feed from School of American Ballet to New York City Ballet. And so I did my year and I was um, fortunate enough to be cast as two different leads. One, I ended up not performing because I was injured, was the lead of Ballade Regina. A second one was the lead of Fourth Movement Brahms Schoenberg Quartet, which is a really fun sort of gypsy dance. Um, I did do that Monday night and I, what injury did you have? I had a stress fracture in my right foot in my second metatarsal, so they had to take me out of performances to get me um, to the point that I'd be able to do the Monday Night Show, mm. and, which is when I was offered my apprenticeship and when I was offered the Ween Award, which is a prestigious award um, of you know for out, outstanding promise. And I took that money and told my parents because schools, the professional children schools so expensive you know like, let's put that money towards that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and well you were a p- mature
1: became, teenager
0: well I mean I just felt like I felt I felt a responsibility mm-hmm. you know like here I am with this sum of money and uh, my parents have I'm one of the children and they of course they would have gladly done it but I was like no I want to take at least half of this and put it towards my schooling because no, this was you know this is my choice this is my life I, mean, I think it was the first time I kind of was like I'm making money for the first time doing what I love. This is amazing, and then um, became an apprentice with City Ballet. And fast forward ten years, and there's a long story in there. But for our purposes, here yeah, I am which, today, which
1: includes <laughs> you know performing a Nutcracker, a Midsummer Night's Dream, like amongst many others. Like, can you pick one that's been your most favorite? Or my has- most favorite. Um, I'm a
0: Stravinsky fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm driven by music, and Stravinsky and Balanchine worked very closely together. One of my favorite ballets, and I actually um, lamented having to step out of it after I got promoted because I no longer should be doing um, chorus, uh, core core roles or demi-soloist roles, um, was Symphony in Three Movements. And it's just this, it's very there's no costumes really wearing leotards, white leotards pink tights um the parts i did the five couples were in black leotards and pink tights and we just would have a ball it's one of those ballets where you're like left on the floor afterwards mm-hmm. and that was one of my favorite ballets um but my most favorite role i think to perform there at city of ballet is anita in west side story we do in a bridge suite um and to play her is so fun and it was actually my first time singing on stage. Mm-hmm which also fed me into this love of like, oh, wow, well, I had no idea that this was a possibility and let me explore my voice more and let me explore, you know, acting a little bit more. And it kind of opened a lot of doors for me. Mm-hmm. So I hold West Side Story and any sort of Jerome Robbins ballet close to my heart.
1: And so your first, you know, Broadway performance was on the town? Yes. So what was that like doing your first Broadway show?
0: Well, it was kind of crazy. It was very last summer was very fun i was you know i decided you know i'm going to get back into tap class i was in loduca buying tap shoes and (laughs) and i get a call from josh being like what are you doing what are you doing really next couple weeks and i was like i'm just Josh
1: goss who yes actually his mother i'm from michigan owns the dance studio my sister he was my sister's dance instructor yeah
0: so he called me and he was like um someone hurt their toe and I used to want to go into the show like now. Can you come to the show theater now mm-hmm. and like watch the show and go in maybe tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so it was one of these like fate lined up. And then while I was there, they were like, we want to teach you Ivy. And um, so I had my debut in the in the ensemble of on the town. And then went and did Saratoga. And in Saratoga, they called me and they were like, would you want to come and play Ivy? Mm-hmm. For the two weeks interim between Megan leaving, who's a colleague of mine, and mm-hmm. Missy, who's also a friend of mine, stepping in and I was like, Well, sure. Um, and that was that whole process was super fast. Um, and I'm realizing now having t- being part of this show from the ground up, I love the process of rehearsing. I've always had really? loved the process mm-hmm. of rehearsing. Um, this is my first tech process. It was grueling and it was challenging. And um, well, what the masochistic side it? of me yes. loved it. Like, I <laughs> the loved perfectionistic side of yes, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And I was actually kind of sad, I, you know, just to see that part go. But now I'm getting to explore all these new things. Like I've never... To have a run and have a chance to do things over and over and over again and to find new ways to look at a step without it changing or morphing like Mm -hmm. that's going to be the that's going to be the challenge here is to keep um Jillian Lynn's choreography but even more so Andy Blankenbuehler's like choreography and style um intact Mm -hmm. as we move through this this run of shows what's
1: the challenges of playing a cat you know because I mean everyone's you very much move like a cat you're acting like a cat was you know, it's different than how you'd normally perform a ballet. I
0: think the challenge, the challenge with with being a cat and, and this particular show in general is the amount of commitment you need. Um, this is not you don't get to do your solo and run off stage. Um, in my case, I kind I I only leave stage a, a few times and even in the resting points you still have to be an active feline so mm-hmm. there really is no real rest and for me a lot of the feline is like extension through the you know the tips of my fingers and through the tips of my toes so I find myself pointing for literally nearly two, two hours and fifty minutes. What's the run of the show? I think mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That wasn't. That's an interesting. And and yeah. if I let if I let it go for a second, you guys aren't gonna believe me. And this is already this is already a tough show to get an audience member into it. There's no real narrative. Um, it's a very loose narrative, um, to be correct. And I like I have to. I even when I'm out in the audience, like I can't be human for a second.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's really starting to cross over. That must be fun for you too. Like that there's it's a lot great. of like, I'm, audience interaction. I'm
0: a little this is new for me. Mm-hmm. Like having an audience interaction like this and coming out and and so I feel a little self conscious. Um but I'm starting to loosen up. It's mm-hmm. always great when there are kids. Mm-hmm. I I find it super fun to interact with the kids. But sometimes you're like, in my aisle, there's nothing but adults. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) here I am, Victoria the White Cat, coming up to you as an adult, just trying to, you know, just Mm -hmm. come on, give me something. (laughs) Now, how did this role come about for you? Um, An audition process, Mm -hmm. um, the same as everyone else. My agent called me and said that casting was interested in seeing me for cats and am I interested and I'm not one to ever say to ever say no outright and I was like well let's see that I mean I never I was like I'm not sure what cat I would be Um, because Victoria is a very soft and innocent character and a lot of my roles at City Ballet are very strong um, women. And I actually play a lot of evil characters. Oh, so you this do? this is really <laughs> fun. That, like, fate worked out. And I'd gone in a lot, like at least six times for this. And I wasn't sure if it was going to pan out. And at one point, I was like, you know, fate's... What's going gonna to happen is going to happen. I put forth my best effort. I made a fool of myself in every single hip-hop combination in <laughs> <laughs> the auditions. And this also... It also was kind of... made me feel great because the audition process going into the auditions I was realizing oh I know people here I'm not like I'm not I feel like I'm inserting into this family oh
1: are there a lot of people you've worked with before um, just are- like people I've
0: known, like people I met through around the town people mm-hmm. like I've started sure, to. Sure. And so that, it became less scary to audition. And I think it's a great process to audition. So what was that
1: call, like, getting the call that you've gotten the role Victoria in Andrew Lloyd Webber's camp? I, I mean, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber, of all, you it know, kinda, to have your first starring role in one of I, his shows. It's incredible. Of sh-
0: I was kind of in shock. I mean, I, yeah. my, my agent said, like, you, you've got the offer. And I was like, I never win anything. Not that I won anything. <laughs> but I'm just like, what? Um... And I hung up the phone, I was like, oh, okay. And then I literally hung up the phone, and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to talk to Peter Martins about this <laughs> <laughs> and um, beg him for a leave of absence, mm-hmm. which, you know, he was really, really gracious about um, But that's a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a little bit to negotiate
1: that, mm-hmm. and here I am. And How do you – and I ask a lot of my guests, but especially you who's – you know, a ballerina, how do you keep in shape? How do you like, what's your health routine? What do you eat? Like, give us your secrets, please. My secrets,
0: (laughs) my secrets. So cats is cats is cats is a different animal for me. Um, sorry for the pun there, but it's, it's, I'm finding, I I have to eat a lot more for the show Mm -hmm. just because it is, it is, it's doing like aerobic exercise for two hours, which ballet is generally anaerobic. And I get to do a hard solo and run off stage. Whereas I've already mentioned, like I don't really leave the stage in this particular production. And just the constant switching of dance style is really draining on the body and on the energy and even standing on the side of the stage when someone else is having their their moment, that takes energy, Um, that full commitment. Um, so in the morning, I mean, I get up and I walk my dogs and I come in. And I, I'm a breakfast eater. I think everyone should eat breakfast if you're a dancer. I, But, you know, to each for their own. Um, I'm not one of those dancers that can go in and take a full ballet class uh, with nothing but coffee in my stomach. So sure. I usually go for eggs and I make cauliflower rice with turmeric, which turmeric has, like, anti-inflammatory properties to it. Sure, sure. So... Um, and I try to get some greens in there so mm-hmm. at least the salads out of the way in the morning
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and then lunch um, it's been difficult now I would love to come home and cook but this schedule has been crazy so I usually order a salad or a soup and then for dinner before the show um, just like a protein sweet potato mm-hmm. um, sweet potatoes are great mm-hmm. for energy um, and, like, a veggie. And then I'll probably eat again after mm-hmm. the show, too. I mm-hmm. know that goes against all diet rules. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I just, you know, no matter how tired I am, I have to fuel myself a little bit or I'll wake up on a deficit mm-hmm. of energy. And a lot of taking the vitamins, keeping on top of my vitamin C, and a lot, a lot of Epsom salt baths and acupuncture are keeping me going right now.
1: Oh, interesting! Yeah. So you, you're a big proponent of acupuncture. I like acupuncture. Too. Absolutely, yeah.
0: I, I, acupuncture has saved me from a lot of injuries, and so I have a wonderful acupuncturist, mm-hmm. Bianca Baldini at Sundala, and she um, she she makes it so I'm able to do what I have to do here
1: during rehearsals and stuff. Did was Andrew Lloyd Weber around at all, or did you?
0: Um, we didn't see too much I mean He was here, but I didn't see like mm-hmm. I didn't the cast didn't see him. I think he was more out here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, and we, I saw him first preview night, but it's its such an honor to be part of the show, for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and it's such a great show. We were talking before the taping. I mean, you're absolutely fantastic in it. It's just the music, of course. I mean, it's legendary, I mean, and just the, the stage. I'm looking out at the stage. It's one of the coolest sets that you'll see on Broadway right now. It's yeah, just it's, really cool. It's the
0: um, adult jungle gym. Uh, you know,
1: that's a great <laughs> way to describe it. <laughs> Um, it totally is. Another thing that I want to mention
0: about what what also makes this show particularly hard is the fact that the stage is raked. And mm-hmm. the stage is a, quite a significant rake. Um, so that, that affects your body um, a lot. It's much different than dancing on a flat surface. And it's yeah. actually much harder.
1: And what was the reason behind that? I did notice that when I was uh, watching it. I think that. it's, you
0: know, for, stages were raked. Um, and when, he, when they say oh, rake just for the audience, it's on an angle? It's on an incline, so mm-hmm. it gradually goes up. Um, when theaters were first built in Europe, the audience was flat, so they raked the stage so that you could see the actors better. Um, now our theaters are built where the audience is raked. I think in the purpose of Cats, and you might have to double check this for facts, is just the fact that we're on the ground so much. Mm-hmm. I think it increases, you know, sight lines, and and you can see us in the little crevices back by mm-hmm. the, you know, yeah, the, yeah.
1: the the tire and the. the I, it you know, was definitely oven. great for seeing your footwork and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, so it was really- I
0: mean there's a purpose for it for sure, but um, it definitely adds another level of challenge to the dancing. What's one thing you'd like to tell your 15-year-old self? My 15-year-old self, um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to hone into to 15-year-old Gina right now. I love asking this like, question. Like you're gonna grow out of your ugly duckling syndrome. Relax. You're gonna have a boyfriend, and even so, it's okay. Now that I'm single, now <laughs> it's like it's okay not to have a boyfriend too. Um, just, uh, just to relax and uh, have let myself have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. I think I'm starting to finally let loose. I was telling the girls like, "Wow, this is interesting," because we're putting in new people every night. Like. I can't stick to my pre show routine all the time, and mm-hmm. I'm, my OCD needs to just chill out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm becoming more of a relaxed person, hopefully. And this process to teach me a lot about myself as an artist and also, you know,
1: just as a person. Mm-hmm. I have a little game we play. It's a speed through round. I'm just gonna rapid fire some questions at you. Okay. <laughs> are you good, are you ready? Okay. They're, they're, they're fun questions.
0: Okay, this is this yes or no or anything?
1: Um, you'll see. Okay, all right, all, right, all right. Morning person or night owl? Both. What do you have for breakfast today? Eggs and some sauteed kale. Big, biggest pet
0: peeve. Biggest pet peeve, and gum.
1: Ah, especially probably from people in the audience. Three things you can't live without. Three Things I can't live without right now bar hill gin, strawberries, and a steak. That would make a great meal altogether. Right? If you had a beta fish, what would you name him? A beta fish, a uh, tiger, New York City or LA? New York City, <laughs> Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Ooh, Jimmy Fallon. If you were uh, one word that sums up your experience thus far in cats whoosh <laughs> one way you live life to the fullest every day um doing cats yeah <laughs> that's great that's where our time's up okay. thank you so much thanks for being so on the much. show today I'm it's terrible been great oh no you're great at it you're great <laughs> at it everyone go see cats currently on broadway at the neil simon theater you've been watching the erica finn show thanks for tuning in we'll see you all next week Yay.
0: You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at the Erica Finn Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter.